tonight on Whiskey Waffle. We've been going for 12 and a half minutes, Ted. It's time we actually drunk something. Is this going to be Happy Pete Snort, or is it going to be me going like, hmm? There you go, Brett. You've created an iced Vovo-scented whiskey. Good job. That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I mean, cast. Good evening for... Actually, no, you start off. You say hello and... Good evening, everyone. My name is Ted. And my name is Nick. And we are Whiskey Waffle. And welcome to episode 38 of the Whiskey Waffle podcast. Yeah, or should that be 38B? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm sensing this is sort of... I'm getting a feeling of familiarity. We've yeah, been here before. I think we've said these words before in, in almost the same order. <laughs> yeah, and that's not just the other 37 uh, episodes. Yeah, no, no, this is, this is very true. No, this um, comes off the back of the great... Missing episode of Whiskey Waffle that you guys will never get to hear. And nor will we, actually. So I, I, I'll tell this story from my perspective. So last week, we did our uh, recording session. It was mm, great. We, it was there good, was some was excellent times. banter. Oh, yeah. Some high-quality waffle. We we did a uh, mystery whiskey. We also did a head-to-head. And yeah. it was, it was, they were, yeah, really exciting. Mm. Anyway, I staggered off home on a high. It was a good night. Yeah. I got home, jumped into bed, <laughs> and I heard a buzz from my phone. Yeah. It was my um, friend Nicholas here. Yeah, snuggled up in the bed with him. No, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, from my um, own house. Yes. Yes, and he he um, sent me a rather distraught um, snap. Um, it was a recording. It was like, dude, the world is destroyed. Yeah, and some words like that. He yeah. he sent he sent me a recording of a playback of um, of our uh, evening session, and instead of going like, "Hello, we are Whiskey Waffle, and here is all the things about whiskey," it in fact went. Well, shall shall I cut in a little bit of audio from um, that particular recording session? It sounded like this. Good evening, Nicholas. Yeah. I was I was so heartbroken, so, especially, especially for my friend who does who does an absolutely amazing job cutting all this together <laughs> and doing all the um, sound engineering and stuff. So suffice to say, we will not be releasing that one. <laughs> no, I mean, please, if you're a scientist who is good at uh, like if if you're like a movie style scientist, like you, you, there's aliens coming to Earth or something, and you're like, oh my god, if we shift the phase of the waveforms, we can hear the message. And it's like, yeah. You can you can come and fix our fix our waveforms for us. And yep, and you get to find out just how inept Ted is at mystery whiskey. Oh my <laughs> god! I'm glad that one actually didn't go to air. Um, you know, he actually proposed re-recording the same mystery whiskey tonight. Yeah, I said I, no. I, th- I thought it'd be a good idea. I could I could sure, really sure. really take a good crack at it this time. Anyway, should we tell our listeners what's in our glasses, Ted? No. Um, no, you're not prepared to reveal. Uh, no, what level of blindness you currently are. Yeah, no. Um, at whiskey glasses. How about, Nicholas? Mm. Let's drink some Ardbegs. Let's do it. The Waffle. Cleon is going to be very happy, Teddy Boy. Cleon's going to be ecstatic. Yeah, it's his influence. He's finally inspired us to go out and uh, get a certain bottle, but we, we've gone one step above. We have indeed, because we have... Two bottles. Yeah, and one of them is not recommended by him, but it's in fact recommended by us. Indeed. So, one of the newest discoveries, well, not that new now, it was last summer, that Clan was banging on about, um, is he said that the Ardbeg Wee Beastie is where it's at. Where it is at. But you see, Ted and I, we also think that a different Ardbeg is where it's at. 
We do. We do. Now, this one, we would claim, is double the one that Cleon <laughs> likes. Well, if you go by the years that it's been aged in oak casks, we have got the Wee Beastie versus the Ardbeg 10-year-old. Now, Ted, why is the Ardbeg double? I'm not renowned for my mathematical skills, but I think in this case I can work it out. <laughs> that is because the Ardbeg 10 is aged for 10 years. Yep, surprise, surprise. Whereas the Ardbeg Wee Beastie is aged for five uh, really interesting. So I, I'm actually pretty excited they put the, the number on the bottle because mm. I don't think there's any shame whatsoever putting um, a young age statement on this bottle because what do we say about Pete and age? Pete does good things to young whiskey. Indeed. So I, I actually think there could be something really phenomenal here. I only have one slightly old bugger cynicism going into this. Mm. The Wee Beastie is going for the same price that the Outback 10 used to go for. Yeah, now that's that is a very good point. That is something that we've been quite cynical about. Mm. So the Arbeg Ten, in our opinion, used to be one of the best priced whiskies out there. You could get a bottle probably on special for about what seventy, eighty bucks. Yeah, yeah, about that sort of eighty range, maybe seventy eight if you got lucky. Yeah, it was. A phenomenal whiskey for the price. Absolutely incredible. And it's not gone up too much, but it is about three figures now. Yeah, sort of a tick over like about 110 or something. Mm. Whereas the Wee Beastie has slotted into that $80 range. Yeah, now in terms of uh, some stats, 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 stats. Yeah, apart from the how many years. Yeah, apart from how many years, you've got the Arbeg 10 is 46%. Ah, yes. Magic number. Yeah. Now, interestingly, the Wee Beastie is 47.4. Yeah, so it gives it just a tiny edge in terms of alcohol percentage. Is that is that to boost it a little bit? I think that, that um the Wee Beastie is, well, it's a beast. It's a beast of whiskey. It might be a Wee Beast, but it's still a beast. And uh, if you were going to bottle that at 40%, I think it would be a bit of a tame, um, domesticated beast. So I think it still needs a bit of wild to it. So I think that that will be present. In actual fact, I'm going to this really open-minded. I want the Wee Beastie to be good. I'd mm-hmm. love it if it would, if it costs like $55 and the Ardbeg 10 still cost $80. But Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, I don't think I live in a world where that is going to be possible anymore, sadly. Maybe 10 years ago, mm-hmm. back when we first started this whiskey journey. But these days, I think the new 55 is 80. And then the old 80 has now gone up to um, 105. Yeah, and it is a bit of a trend. So, like Volan is another mm. one that seems to be going that way. The, yeah, you, the venerable sixteen-year-old for under hundred back in the day. Yeah, now it's what about one hundred twenty-ish. Mm, and what has it been replaced with? Well, yeah, I don't know if replaced is is quite right because the um the eight-year-old is still a sort of it's still not marketed as their entry level. It's still sort of a slightly different tier, like a curiosity tier. Mm. But I think a lot of people view the eight-year-old as, as their Lagavulin default, which is not what we do. But we are not here to talk about Lagavulin. We no. are here to discuss the merits of Ardbeg. So yeah. what say you to me opening these bottles and pouring some drams? Let's do it. Okay, so I've picked up the Wee Beastie first because it's only fair in this contest because I've tried the Ardbeg 10 before. And I know what it smells like. I know that deep with... You guys know what I'm talking about, smelling a Peter Whiskey. All you Peter Whiskey fans, you know when you deeply inhale a Peter Whiskey for the first time in the night, you know how much pleasure that brings. Mm. So instead, I'm going to... As much as I think I... I like I, I've, The glass is a fair way away from me, but I think I can smell the 10-year-old already. So I'm going to move it further away. Hang on. 
Keep back. One, one, That's not even the beast. One, one of my key indicators here. Yep. Does this make me do the Happy Pete snort? All right, then. Well, Ted, I'm going to watch and find out. All right. Here I go. It's going in for a sniff. Is this going to be Happy Pete snort, or is it going to be me going like, hmm? Okay. <laughs> That's a yes. Mm, it's youngish. You can tell it's younger, though. You know what it makes me think of, actually? What does it make you think of? Brooke Laddie. Um, some of the Port Charlotte Octomory type things. Yeah. It's a bit bacony. It's a bit meaty. You're not wrong. It's even a bit smoked fishy, but um, it's, that, it's still cool, though, isn't it? It's that young spirit with the peat. Mm. It's, quite, it's quite sort of <sighs> smoke on wet grass. Mm. Yeah, no, but it's enjoyable. It's, it, it is slightly different to the sorts of peats that, I guess, some, like, name your top two favourite Peter whiskies that are accessible up until, more well, top two or three. Well, I beg 10. Yeah. Like Vaughan 16. Well, true. And I think they have a similar sort of peating profile, which is different to this. Yeah, uh, Lefroig. Lefroig uh, is a slightly different one again, but certainly a really pungent and great one um mm. but brook laddie certainly is a different one again mm. kalila is an interesting one sits in mm. a slightly sort of middle groundy sort of area and cleon would tell us that we cannot uh fail to consider the peter bunahavans mm. which basically everyone in the world does um to his uh immense sadness yeah and disgust mm. but what is no, wrong with these people he says um yeah but now like i've started to adjust to this pete smell there's a lot of other stuff coming through. Saltiness, brininess. Yeah, I, I do agree with your fishiness. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot more The whiskey's prevalent. kind of fishy as well. So. <laughs> is it too young, though? Because there, there is a... Define there, too young. Well, there is a kind of a greeny rawness in there as well, but I think that's offset by the peat. Mm. It actually, you know it probably what? Probably even... It makes me, it makes me think peat. of some sort of Tasmanian ones. It's got that kind mm. of like... Young young spirit with peaty rawness to it. Now, uh, the, peat, the peating's a lot stronger. But what when you, you have to put a clarifier on this. When you're talking about these Tasmanian ones, you're talking about the ones that have been peated in Scotland, yeah. but then distilled in Tasmania. Yeah. Yep. Well, what I'd quite like to do now is actually smell the 10. So before yeah. I sip either of them, let's Let, do it. Let's do it. Okay. Does this one make me do the happy peat snort? Well, again, precedent. Like the, the, you can only smell peat for the first time in the night once. Mm. So this is all going to be changed. But we know what it t- smells like. We've been here plenty of times before. Yeah. So what does it smell like now? Mm. Not as strong, though. It's got a much... It is, but if you'd smelt this before you'd smelt that one, yeah, it would this, be strong. This is true. It's all about precedent. And that's why head-to-head with Peter Whiskies is so hard. Because they change. But, and, but, but, this is... The spirit in there is a lot sweeter and more delicate, and this is a bit more barbecue sauce. It's it's a it's a pretty lady coming along and caressing my nose. <laughs> pretty peaty lady. Yeah, she's got a beard. Mm. It's almost there's there's it's honey not, in there. Yeah, it's, it is sweeter. But I mean, I, I'm recognizing some of the Tasmanian peat flavors in this weirdly, which I've never said about mm. an big ten before. <laughs> but I'm, I'm positive when I poured this out. This is the one that I could smell. Yeah. But now, like going back and forth between the two, they're clearly different people. Oh, styles. but see, then then going back to the the wee beastie now after being on that one, like we've completely buggered our sense of peating. Exactly. And I think that's a good thing. That's the only way you can compare these two logically is just to not be swept away in the emotional punch of peat. Yeah. Going back to this one, it's that slight edge of alcohol as well. Just boosts mm. it up. And makes it's it, pricklier. It's, it's fresher and rawer and sort of spikier 
Yeah, there's there's just golden syrup sitting underneath the ten, but the the five is the five is like a terrier, it's sort of yapping and barking and jumping up at your ankles, whereas the um the ten is a, is a slightly calmer beast. It's like a fat old lab, sort of conked out at your feet. Mm, there's still the peat there. Mm. It's a retired working dog. The five is definitely juicier, fruitier, vibrant, crisper, rawer, vibrant, mm. whereas the ten. Which we probably, probably to be honest, previously we would we would have said is kind of a yeah. I don't know if we would have used those words though. Nah, not probably not actually. But yeah, it's it's much, it's it's more citrusy. The ten is yeah. The ten is more citrusy. It's got delicate citrus notes. The I don't I don't think the the five really has much in the way of citrus. It's more herbal and grassy and. Um, earthy elemental kind of well we've been going for 12 and a half minutes Ted it's time we actually drunk something <laughs> yes <laughs> let us let us sip something and then continue to wax lyrical alright yeah. we go. are we going in for the five it's, first it's got to be beastie first yeah, yeah. no hello what that's yeah sucking on a burnt stick that's fresh and crisp yeah it's it's big across the palate it's it's wet yeah you're right it's it's wet sticks and foliage sort of burning yeah, on a fire you've, you've poured you I think you've actually poured water on the fire yeah and then you're sucking on the recently cooled coals yeah you've chucked some um, green vegetation on the fire and it's mm. co- creating sort of thick white smoke that's sort of There's still a hint of bacon what? there but it's it's not as it's not as meaty as I was expecting Smoked it fish. to be yeah maybe this is why Cleon likes it so much it reminds me of Campbelltown mm true cleon does love a Campbelltown. he does right well shall we try the 10 yeah and again this is going to completely change it so you have to kind of go by partly your memories of it from previous yep. tastings where it's not been contextuality directly after a five but um barbecue Str- sauce is straight back. up oilier yep the mouth the mouthfeel the mouthfeel of the five the wee beast here is a lot sort of crisper and greener and thinner and sort of crackly whereas that is much more oily and sweet and sort of it's fatter mm. yeah i mean barbecue sauce is still my is still my thing because it's got that yeah i get that yeah barbecue meaty thing but it, barbecue sauce has also got this hint of sweetness bit to of it. honey and soy as well maybe. yeah yeah that that sort of thing honey and soy chips mm. oh that fair. is so good though yeah um that i mean it's sort of so one of the things that Ted's bashed himself. <laughs> I've whacked my elbow on the uh, window ledge when I was getting excited. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, Peter's injury. So this is an interesting thing. This is the interesting thing, and the whole thing that sparked our really, uh, I guess, side by side sort of thing is that um, Cleon is is all about the wee beastie, mm. but it's not because he, you know, he's a cheapskate. He doesn't want to pay mm, for the no, attempt. No, 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 not at all. He actually prefers. The style of peat, as as Cleon's one of these people to talk about all the different peating styles on Isla, and he prefers the style of peat of the five to the Ardbeg ten. Yeah, he. We must say that Cleon has an excellent palate. Mm. He's, he's a total gourmand. Yeah, um, loves loves his flavors and gets really drills down to it. And so yeah, he's he's not coming from a point of like, oh the the uh, fire, the wee beastie is way cheaper. I'm gonna buy that one. No, not it's, at it's, all. It's, it's no. He, he loves to analyze and compare flavors. And so. I actually think it's specifically something that um yeah is is something that he would really get off on because he does quite like 
uh, Brook Lady. He does quite like Bunahaven peat, as we mentioned before, which, you know, because all of us know all about all the different Bunahaven peat he, he and He peat likes uh, Kilkerrans and... Yeah, um, and he likes Campbelltown, and that's where yeah. I was going, you know. So I think that um, the Weed Beastie is leaning more towards that Campbelltown, but it's still got an Isla twist. Like, mm. just tasting it, it's still way more burnt log than anything Campbelltown offers. I do. I, I don't actually mind the fresh, juicy crispness of that. It's like it's like biting into a slightly tart apple mm. that's been out in a bushfire. Oh, and I'm enjoying the wee beastie quite a lot, actually. Mm. I actually think that it's um, it would be better if we were outside drinking it. You know what? I think that I could actually session the wee beastie more because I think that cleanness, cleaner, crisper spirit is more sessionable. I th- I actually think that the 10, that oilier spirit... It's more of a saver. It's more of a saver. It, mm. Like, I don't think he, I could drink as much as that, or, yeah, that oilier feeling spirit. You know what that means, Ted? You're going to have to smash the cut of Reckon. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, no! What have I done? No, that... Oh. Jeez, we should be trying that one as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is that is a such a different kettle of fish, though. Oh, yeah. No, well, I mean, it, it is really interesting trying them side by side. I, I still maintain that you're never going to get that same impact going to the second Peter one in quick succession. No, not at all. Now, now to me, they don't smell smoky at all. They no. smell... Oh, it's more earthy. Yeah. It's why sometimes when I, I've run whiskey tastings recently, I've, and there's been two Peter ones, I've actually stuck another whiskey in between the two Peter ones. And it's a very fair call. So you can actually get the peat impact twice. Whereas if you put like one of our very first tasting nights we did, Ted brought the Lager Mullen 16, the first time that we'd opened that one since our very first tasting experience down in a bar in Hobart. I brought a Lafroy quarter cask. Because the Lager Mullen 16 had the slightly greater billing, that went last. Quarter cask went second last, but I don't think there was a correct way. Like even if we'd done it the other way around, it still wouldn't have done justice to the to the Freud. Like, yeah, I think it's hard putting. I don't know. Clown does it all the time. He sticks multiple peats in a row. But like, I think that you can actually discover a lot of flavors in the peated mm. whiskies apart from peat if you do it that way. But you don't notice the peat by whiskey two, no. three, four as much anyway. I mean, um, you could probably do a lineup of um, Octomores. Yeah, well, and try them uh, they would they would stand up though, wouldn't they? They probably would actually. <laughs> this is the thing because the peat, as much as it's so heavily peated, there's so much other stu- other stuff to discover. And there's no greater d- demonstration. Of this is when I went to the Lafroig tasting night with Dan Woolley. We started mm-hmm. with like a select or maybe a ten or or triple wood even, but we finished with things like the twenty one or the the twenty five. We finished with some incredible whiskies, but they didn't taste peated. No. I want to do the exact same tasting night that Dan Willie led me through, but do the opposite order. Start with a 25 or or whatever it was I got and just taste them off the bat. Because I know what a slate cast tastes like. I know what a quarter cast tastes like, and that is pretty delicious. But, yeah. Mm. Pete Impact. Anyway, I think it's time we wrapped it up, Teddy Boy. Yes, we have very much waxed waxed waffly on this one. Um, mm. But it, it is something that we are impassioned about. Yeah, um, I've, got to say, I've got to say that the Wee Beastie did not let me down, though. It's, it's quite exciting. No, it, it's good. Would you own a bottle, bottle of it? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd get a bottle of that. But here's the big question. If you have $105 to spend, would you buy the Wee Beastie and have $35 change to save up for your next bottle? Or would you buy a 10-year-old? That's a good question. It is a very good question. I mean, the obvious one is you get both and bring them out on different occasions. 
but which I do have now, so I can do that. And yeah, but if you if you could only pick one, and the wee beastie comes with change, I almost might go the wee beastie. Ooh, I, I almost might. At the moment, I think that the wee beastie is a more than acceptable mm. drop. I'm feeling that you're maybe feeling the opposite direction, and you'll probably still go the ten. But for me. There are very few whiskies in the world that I would prefer to the ten-year-old. To to me today, mm. the ten. This has only confirmed how much I love the ten. The ten-year-old, I think, is one of the world's greatest accessible whiskies, and nothing I've tasted tonight has changed that opinion. So I would go the ten-year-old every day of the week. You're right. You're <laughs> you're utterly entirely right. But the wee beastie is good enough to make me consider whether i would oh absolutely and that's that's the that's why it's there yeah um so i'd beg have succeeded they're going to sell a bunch of bottles of wee beastie and they're going to get an extra 30 bucks out of me <laughs> yeah but again shut up cynical nick <laughs> enjoy the whiskey that's in front of you they're both delicious mm. oh no that the, the wee beastie is a very acceptable um entry into the into the umbrella of i'd beg whiskey maybe, maybe that's it maybe this is the thing like the wee beastie will draw people in and get them so and then they'll try the 10 and go like, yeah. Yeah, actually, that's... that comment makes me a bit sad because that is probably what's going to happen. Although whether it draws them in or not is, is up to the individual taster. But for me, the 10 has won so many whiskey fans over the years. Mm. So many people have been brought in with that. So I wonder if the Wee Beastie would do exactly the same with those people or if, or if like me, they prefer the style of the Ardbeg 10 with this barbecue sauce, sweet, sticky meat on the... You know, that honey soy meat on the barbecue thing that the Ardbeg 10 brings. Yeah, it's it's certainly one of those ones that, for me, has made Ardbeg my favorite distiller in the world. Mm. With possibly exceptions of some of the Tassie ones that I've, I've grown to have a soft spot. But certainly my favorite Scottish whiskey. Um, the Ugedal, the Kotevreken, the Alligator. Ted's <sighs> giving me that look. Um, you know, maybe not the Anno. It's, the Anno is, is fine. Um, but some of their committee releases, of course, just get us excited from Whiskey Nerd's perspective. But for me, the... The fulcrum, the crux of everything that they've done is in the 10-year-old bottle. And it's just everything that I, I love about Ardbeg in a very accessible form. The Ugedal is, is fantastic. Like, it's so complex and rich and mm. um, fruity. Um, the Cote of Reckon is, is like the 10-year-old on steroids. Yeah, it, it's it's much purer and cleaner than the Ugedal. Yeah. Well, the w- but, yeah, you're, you're right. The, the Cote of Reckon takes it just this beautifully sweet, crisp, clear spirit. And yeah, adds peat to it, and it's Mwah. yeah. And so then the wee beastie is this sort of um, bacon and egg sandwich, <laughs> as opposed to this sort of meat kebab. I reckon. Well, folks, you heard it here first: bacon and egg sandwich versus kebab. Mm. That is that is our take home message from the uh, from <laughs> our head to head of the Ardbeg wee beastie five year old and the. Ardbeg, 10-year-old. Mm. What do you guys think? Yeah, this one's sure to get a bit of a response. Yeah. Have, have you tried both? Have you tried one or the other? Do you, do you love one, one more than the other? Do you think that, like me, that you're tempted, dangerously tempted by the wee beastie? Or are you sticking to the one true path like Nick? <laughs> um, yeah, let us know. Send us, send us a carrier pigeon. Just make sure that the wee beastie doesn't eat it first. The peating in there changes it entirely. It's 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 alchemy. It transmutes it into gold. 
the whiskey. Now, Ted, it's not very often that when you buy a bottle of whiskey, it comes with a personalized note. Ooh, a yeah, note. A note. It says, to Nick and Ted, the dynamic duo of Tassie whiskey. That's, a, that's us. That's yeah. us. <laughs> Thanks for the support, boys. Best wishes, Brett. 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 Do we know a Brett? Do we know a Brett? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brett. Yes, we do. A.K.A. the Man of Steel. Ooh. That's such a good nickname, actually. <laughs> why, why don't more people call him that? <laughs> um, just to clarify, we are talking about Brett Steele, um, who is the founder or co-founder of Spirit Thief. Yes, a whiskey brand that we are very much in favour of. Yeah, we did a waffle topic about them a little while back when they were doing a sort of a independent bottling, what they call the Explorer Series. Um, there's a yep. bit of Belgrove Spirit here yeah, and so, a bit of so it Sheen was, there. It was an interesting one where... Um, so the bottles came in like little khaki suits and had little pith helmets <laughs> on yeah, top. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it survived for multiple days in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. No, um, yeah, no, they just did a bit of an independent bottling one. But this one is, is getting closer to a Spirit Thief house style because Brett distilled this. Well, what's he, what did he call it? Gypsy distilled. He gypsy distilled out at White Label down south of Hobart. Now, let's let's just remind people what White Label's deal is. Yeah, White Label uh, have got a license to distill. Yes, Sagsy is uh, wears a um, tuxedo all day. Yep. <laughs> drinks um. Well, he pro- he probably doesn't drink um martinis. Martinis. The, yeah. yeah, he probably drinks um whiskey sours or um old <laughs> fashions or something. Yeah. Anyway, White Label is a it's basically somewhere that you can go to make some whiskey if you don't actually have a distillery. Mm. And uh Brett doesn't have a distillery, but he does some distilling out at White Label for various contractors um of which he probably counts himself as one, I suppose. He um yeah, does the distilling out at White Label and matures it downstairs in his own bond store. But there is something more special, again, more so than the gypsy distilling about Spirit Thief, and that is the barrels that Brett matures his spirit in. Yes, they're all communist. <laughs> yes. Um, but Comrades! <laughs> uh, there's another thing that's even more important than their political leaning. Yes, they are red wine. Yes. Oh, I finally get the communist joke right. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the red army. Yes, yes. I gotcha. Yeah, no, it, he's all about the red wine. This is this is this is Brett's thing. Like, people are mostly used to um, sort of your yeah, bourbon casks, your yeah, sherry casks, port casks, New World whiskey, sort of Australian stuff. Is has had a tradition of doing a bit more um, in the wine casking mm. land. We've we've got um we've got a lot of wine making that happens in Australia, and so producers have obviously used those. But Brett has made his Focus. Brett is a red wine cask specialist. And mm. uh, yeah, so all of the Spirit Thief has been matured in one type of red wine or another, and often quite big, heavy reds as well. Um, he's recently released uh, three bottles. There is the um, French Oak Tempranillo. Mm. Um, there is also an American Oak Shiraz. We got to try both of these recently at the Taz Spirit Showcase and enjoyed them both very much. Which is your favorite out of those two, Ted? Uh, the Shiraz. Yep. Yeah, I really like the Shiraz too, but my favorite was the third one, which was, I mean, it's another Tempranillo. It's an American Oak Tempranillo. Mm, I'm looking at it right now, actually. The bottle yeah. is right there. Um, and that's the one that we've got, and that's the one that we're reviewing today. So, Nick. Yes. Remind me about Tempranillo. This is a good point because, um, you know, you see it written down, you see Tempranillo. Yeah. Um, it's a Spanish grape. Um, made its way to 
Australia grows very well in South Australia. And in Spain, it's very much a sort of workhorse grape. There's a lot of um, a lot of Tempranillo grown, uh, maybe not quite so much as Grenache, but it's still one of their most common Spanish varietals. But yeah, it's not quite as heavy as a Shiraz, but it's still much heavier than some of the Pinots and things that we grow down here in Tassie. Mm. And so, yeah, would would we ever see this grape variety in Tasmania where we are now? Uh, Clarence House do one. Okay. Yeah, but it's un, it's uncommon. Um, yeah, down at the Coal River, they have a few. I assume we're just too cold for that sort of yeah, variety. Yeah, we, we just can't. We can grow it. We just can't get it to ripen most mm. places. But having said that, you know, um, climate change in a 20 years' time, we might be the centre of Shiraz in Australia. Yeah, who knows? Mm. But um, yeah, we digress slightly. So it's about time that we looked at this American oak Tempranillo. Now, I'm going to point out one thing. Compared to the other two, the French oak Tempranillo is 48.3. Mm. The American oak Shiraz is also 48.3. But the one that we have in our glass is 52.3. Mm. Uh, 4% higher than the others. And it is a limited edition, so this one's a bit more of a special release. Yeah, a little, little bit of a boost there in alcohol. Just mm. Yeah, yeah, might give it a bit of an X factor. So, what do you what do you think of it? What do you make of it? I'm getting a lot of fruit, uh, strawberries on the nose for me. Yeah, um, strawberry shortbread, shortcake, or something like that. Yeah, like some bickies, like a jammy dodger or something. No, no, not quite a jammy dodger. Um, look, you know what? There's coconut in there as well. Um, what is that? Um, iced bovos. Iced bovos. <laughs> That's such a specific Australian taste, you know, the old Arnott's iced vovos. But no, I get the coconut too, so it doesn't take too much for me to put a few things together to get to iced vovos. Mm. There you go, Brett. You've created an iced vovo scented whiskey. Good job. Delicious. Yeah, no, it smells good though. Mm. So the other thing I suppose we need to mention in this is the American oak as well. Mm, as opposed to French oak. Yeah, so opposed to French oak. Um, so I'm assuming that... that yeah, this is nothing to do with what we're normally talking about with bourbon casking or anything. This would be a fresh, yeah, I expect fresh the wine cask. Yeah, the wine would... industry have got a fresh American oak one and then passed it down from generation of wine to generation, vintage to vintage, and um. Yeah, so actually that's interesting. So like, so when we're talking about American oak, usually we're thinking of like it's being used, yeah, ex bourbon, and it's been used for maybe three years and then turfed over to the whiskey, uh, mm. the like Scottish whiskey industry or the rest of the world whiskey industry but how long can you can you use a uh, wine cask for you're going to get um, proper use out of it um, for probably five or six vintages that's when the wood is really active as in it's imparting flavors it's really affecting the um, maturation of that wine but the thing with wine is because it's a lower percentage it's still going to be changing in any vessel that's why you can mature it in stainless steel and it's still going to change so after maybe five or six or maybe seven or eight uses it becomes essentially just a vessel to rest the wine in and just have it do its thing um but yeah you're not really going to get oak influence yeah, but you are slurping up all that red wine into the oak. Oh yeah, still, every which time. Then yeah, comes over to here, and mm. um, we're getting that imparting its influence on this one. Yeah. Um, well, so we've got we've we've come to the conclusion that the nose is iced vovos. What about the palate? It's pleasantly warm. Um, I'm going down the raspberry jam route. Actually, like hot raspberry jam. Is it is it like walking down sort of a um. A rocky Spanish hillside in this in the uh, sort of the sun, walking through the grapevines, in the um in that <laughs> could be. I've never been to Spain, so I, I like to actually. Mm. I've been to I've been through the wine regions of France, um, but 
It's not like that. If that's uh, <laughs> no, it's it's very fruity, very mm. fruity, um, vibrant. Yeah, I think that um extra bit of alcohol just gives it a bit of a mm. sort of bright zingy burst to it. Mm. It's sort yeah. of fuzzy and hot and bright. Yeah, yeah. Even a bit of citrus on the the sort of towards the end of the palate there. Mm. I think there's a there's a there's a Spanish sort of lemon, isn't there? Um, Valencia orange? No, that's not orange. Oh, Valencia oranges? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Lisbon lemons, Valencia yeah, yeah. orange. Wait, is L- Lisbon's in Portugal? No, Lisbon's. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Same thing, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Convince Ooh. all the Portuguese speakers Ooh. out there. Um, in fact, um, uh, just just looking at Brett's tasting notes, he does mention blood orange. Um, okay. On the uh, okay, okay. the very first thing he mentions. Hmm. <laughs> He also mentions old fashions, which is um, I do believe we we're talking about earlier as well. Yes. <laughs> oh, so one one thing. Speaking of tasting notes, there are some quite good ones on the back of the bottle. Brett Brett does do quite a good um, mm. tasting note. Although I, I will mention, so the the Tempranillo is specifically from uh, South Australia. It's from a winery called Maine and Maine and Cherry. Maine and Cherry. Maine and Cherry. Do we know much about them? Um, they're in South Australia. Yep, they do a Tempranillo. Excellent. Adelaide Hills <laughs> yeah, region. Okay. So if any, yeah. if anyone really wants to know, yep. So the nose the nose to this though is um according to according to Brett, transports you to an underground speakeasy where jazz fusion harmonizes with muffled conversation. <laughs> That's it. Move aside whiskey waffle. Yep. Brett's doing our tasting notes yep. from now on. On on the palate, rich brown sugar, praline. I do agree with the brown sugar actually, mm. and Madeira cake. The finish. Long lingering. Dark and enduring, like the last notes in the club in the early hours of the morning dawn. Take me to Birdland. Ah, <laughs> oh, quality. Um, we, we can't write tasting notes like that. I, I agree with the Madeira cake too. I'm not sure I've ever had Madeira cake, but it sounds like something that this would mm. taste like. What is a Madeira cake? I assume it's, is it, cake, it's made cake with Madeira, with Madeira in it. I, I assume so, but mm. I'm going with, yeah. No, it's got that spot on. Dude, I like this. I like this too. I like it a lot. I like you, but yeah. Um, well, <laughs> um, if you, if it came to a choice between you and this whiskey, I'm not sure. Not sure I can make that one. So mm. don't don't hold a gun to my head. But I think I think this is a four star whiskey, Ted. You know what? What? By the oath, you are right. Yeah, it is a four star whiskey. Ah, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Look, it's it's good. Um, and the really exciting thing about this one is that there'll be other Tempranillos. Yeah. From from potentially different wineries, mm. from different areas of Australia. This is the thing we haven't really explored, like the same like cask type, but from different wineries or different regions. Like compare a Shiraz from South Australia to a Shiraz from Victoria. Surely that that will affect the whiskey. Same wine varietal, mm. different region. Yeah. Same the spirit. Same spirit goes into it. I'd be curious, Brett. Get on this. Release yeah. the series. That that'd actually be a really fascinating one to follow up. Mm. I th- I think we should convince him. Let's do it. Yep. Let's do it. All right. Anyway, um, please let us know. Um, just just to note that our um, drinking buddies in our Patreon will receive a small sample of this. Mm, so um, you can drink along with us. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Do you, do you think it's a four-star whiskey? Do you think it's, yeah, like it's a cheap red in the Australian <laughs> sun? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I imagine it's not for everyone, but I think it's going to please a few. Nick. Yes, yes. I'm breaking the seal. <laughs> Are you going to show it's real? Yep. Yep. Uh, the number of times we've made that joke to a non-appreciative audience. 
have they ever seen Man vs. Booze? <laughs> Do they ever want to see Man vs. Booze? Probably not. <laughs> Drum in the box. Gosh, I love that jingle, Ted. Oh, do you? Yeah. So it's, it's a highlight of the recent pods. You you singing round around the I really need to record me doing that bit again, though, to make it match him more with the... It sounds drunk and it sounds perfect. Pop goes the weasel. You nailed it the first time. So, Dram in a Box is what we're doing right now. And we are very lucky, boys, Ted. We're very lucky because we have been sent a, a mini bottle from Chief's Sun Distillery. Did I get Ch- the name right? Chief's Sun Distillery. Yes, you did. There's now, only one sun, but there are multiple chiefs. They are a distillery. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lots of Indians. <laughs> they are a distillery from the Mornington Peninsula in Victoria. Getting into Victoria at the moment is a nightmare, but... Uh, Would not want to be there. Lots of zombies. Yeah, indeed, indeed. But... Fortunately, Naomi and Stuart and also Nat have been very kind enough to send us a dram in a box. Woo! And they've sent us their new release, which is called the Tannist. The Tannist. Someone who makes leather? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I have I have a thing here. It says what it is. Okay. Tell me what it is. No, it is not a it is not a leather maker. It's not enough ends. That is that. a tanner, I think. <laughs> so the Tannist. So it's, this is spelt uh, Tango Alpha November India Sierra Tango. Dude, all the people who are drinking whiskey right now had no idea what you just said. Uh, T-A-N-I-S-T. Gotcha. Okay. So the Tannist is the heir apparent to the chief and second in command of the family. Hey. Elected by common vote during the chief's lifetime, the Tannist represents the most worthy, capable and ambitious all kin, capable of taking on chieftainship at any time. Mm. Selected among all worthy kin. <laughs> Should that be amongst? <laughs> so, stop criticizing the message. So, no, no. Probably, <laughs> selected from among all worthy kin. It probably should be among, actually. Uh, <laughs> Grammar Nazi has been thwarted. The Tannist ensures balance, strength, and succession of the family. There we go. Now... This is something we've just cracked now because it's in a box. It literally, we just opened it, poured it into our glass, and now we're going to have to form a first impression about it. It smells... Tell you what, there is a lot of comparisons with Scotland right here. It's spicy. It's like... No, there's... It's, it's beeswax on leather. But there's also some of that Glenfiddich pear thrown in there. Mm. <sighs> am I getting pear? Is that what I'm getting or am I getting something else? It's a sweeter, delicate, orchardy nose. I'm getting a bit of like uh, walnuts and hazelnuts, I think. Okay. It's quite pleasantly uh... apple crumble with cream. Mm, it makes yeah, it makes me think of sort of warm, spicy pies. Mm, yeah. Oh, okay. Oak on the palate. First thing I yep. noticed. Again, a fair. It's it's a sort of a fairly sort of fat, relatively fat, fuzzy drop. Yeah, um, so lots of, lots of spice, lots of tangy. Forty three percent. Yep. So yeah, not not the highest, but sort of sitting up from that sort of base forty, like yeah. just that little extra just bit of enough. alcohol giving you a bit of warmth. Yeah, yeah. So this is a bit of like an entry level, is it? Yeah. Look, I don't know that they would call it entry level per se. 
it's it's one that's designed to appeal to a broad amount of people, which, like, yes, in part it puts it in an entry-level category, but also it just means that it, it's good for both the novice, someone who's not yeah. really tried much Australian whiskey or whiskey in general, but also will have um, points of interest for the experienced drinker too. It's- yeah, so I've got to assume it's probably a marriage of a bunch of casks to try and create this this product. So so it has been uh, matured in both ex-fortified French oak and American oak casks. So it's a uh, it's a double wood. Yep. But yeah, so the, the marry casks aged from sort of two years through to five years. Yeah. Um, to get that sort of consistency, I'm and really interested flavor. how big some of these casks are because yeah, it is it is quite oaky. Um, I wonder if there are like small casks involved here. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder what the how much the um, the climate of the Mornington Peninsula compares to Tasmania. I reckon it's pretty similar. Yeah. To be fair, maybe it gets a bit hotter in the summer. Another little interesting uh, point here is a little nugget. A nugget. Um, so they use. Um, Specialty pale malt, um, yep. and a very small percentage of peated malt. Okay, in there. Just you to, have to go looking for it, don't you? I wouldn't yeah. have necessarily picked it out straight away, but the palate's quite dry. So maybe what it does is sort of just round off that. Like, because when I smelt it, I smelt these sort of. We were talking about apple pie and stuff like that. Now tasting it, it's quite spicy, quite tanninic, tannistic. Now, in terms of price, this is uh, so. Trying to appeal to that sort of broad range of people, the Tannist is actually a really good price. It's it's a uh, I think it's a seven hundred mil bottle, and it's hundred and fifteen bucks. We're starting to see this rise of like reasonably priced Australian whiskies. Yeah, it's it's in flux, <laughs> isn't it? That what is entry level price? I like I like the palette on this. I like the nose. The nose is for me the highlight. But. I like the flavors as well, but I like the palate in terms of its structure. It feels really mm. nice and warm and fuzzy, and sort of. I think it is quite well balanced. It, it's it's like someone has taken a tiny towel and wrapped it around my tongue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and no, I see what you mean. It's like you know, you you have like thin, narrow ones that go mm. all the way down. Mm. You have sort of big, fat ones that sort of go down and disappear. This is a square. Nice. (laughs) Solid solid tasting notes right there from Whiskey Waffle. (laughs) Geometric tasting notes. Well, there we go. And I I get the feeling that Chief Sons are only really getting started. So watch out Mm. for some more future release from them. And even on this podcast, we might even get to try some more coming up in the future. Yeah, they do do actually have quite a um, large range um, online at the moment. Um, Quite accessible prices too. Also, I think... They're all, mostly all in 700 mil bottles. So if you're interested, um, check out the Tannis, but also maybe check out some of their other releases mm, as definitely. well. And we'll have to do the same. There you go. Chief Sun, Tannis. Away! Yeah, kick it off. As long as you don't kick me off. I'm <laughs> sad. Yeah, no, that comfy armchair is all yours, Teddy Boy. Whiskey. Would you rather? Okay, now, Nick, Mm. I'm feeling generous here. Are you? So I'm going to give you these for free. Oh, thank you very much. I'll take them. I don't really have them. Oh, these are hypothetical bottles. But I'm going to, like, these these hypotheticals I'm going to give you for free. They're hypothetically delicious. Yes. Hypothetically unique. That actually works, (laughs) I think. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. So, Nick. Yes. Whiskey would you rather? Remember, Mm. like, you you get these for free. For free. Okay, cool. Would you rather have a bottle of Ardbeg 10-year-old, 
and so an entire full bottle of Arbeg yep. Tea, right? We really we love we love yeah, Arbeg Tea. It's great. Rolls. Would you rather a bottle of Arbeg Ten Year Old or yep. would you rather a glass okay. of Arbeg Alligator? Ooh, 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 um, Speaking as the only one in this room that yeah, has ever had Arbeg Alligator, not once, but twice. <sighs> I'm so jealous. That is but, a difficult decision. Yeah, and see, this is this is why I thought I might ask you, seeing as you actually know what yep, the alligator. No, fair call, fair call. If, it, um, if you were asking me that, then I'd be making it on sort of spec, whereas yeah. you actually know. So, the the alligator is the best Ardbeg I've ever had. The Ugadal is is close. The Ugadal is very close because it is fantastic. But the alligator, is which also is why I didn't strength. offer you a bottle of the. Ugadal. Mm, I, yeah. I thought I'd keep it at the ten. So, yep. so, so you're really tossing up between, like, Arbeg ten's great. Mm, don't get us wrong, and, but you're tossing up between quantity versus mm. quality, which is a bit of a relative term. It is. In this it case. is. Um, the ooh, and also availability. So I can buy a, a bottle of Arbeg ten from Dan's whenever I feel like it. Um, whereas the Arbeg alligator is almost all gone in the world. Um, mm. It's almost distillery exclusive if that or it's sitting in the hands of collectors that are never going to freaking open it but you only get one but you only get 30 mils yeah you only get 30 mils of that whereas you could have a, an entire bottle of Arbeg 10 and have a great time drinking that you know what the the collectors have actually helped me with this decision not because they're hoarders well it is because they're hoarders not because I'm concerned that I'm never really going to get much more of a chance to try this alligator because the, the hoarders annoy me so much. They've bought this wonderful whiskey and they're never going to drink it. Whiskey is for drinking and it's for sharing with friends and it's for having a good time. It's for having good conversation. It's for waffling. It's for the good times. It's for the bad times. It's for hard days at work and it's for parties. You can do a lot more of that if you have a whole bottle. If it was a bottle of a Johnny Walker or something, then maybe I would be less inclined. But a bottle of Ardbeg 10, I know a lot of people that are going to be very happy to share that with me and... Having a bottle for free, hypothetically, from you, Ted. And this, see, this is why I said it, said it as free, so there mm. wasn't any sort of financial um, requirement. No, mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna take your free bottle, Ted, and I'm gonna pour you a stota. Oh, thanks, buddy. No worries. That's very kind of you. No, nah, and our big ten is good. Give me the bottle. Yeah. Look, I when I was thinking about this before, I had a bit of a just mm. a look online. Um, I think this would be harder for you. Surely. Al- alligator, alligator, just normal alligator in Australia doesn't exist. No. Well, it probably does somewhere. Someone's good. There's probably a few bottles somewhere. But I could have I could have bought a bottle of um, committee release mm. alligator back in the day. Um, I can't. I think it might have been a 2010 edition or something. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. for a, a mere 899 dollars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like <laughs> there, there is a certain temptation there. It's like. <laughs> It's under a thousand bucks. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, what do you reckon? What, what <laughs> we 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 saw one going for three hundred dollars a while back, and we still didn't buy it between a couple of us. Oh, so we should have bought that. Missed our chance. We really re- remember that time. Is too much, Ted. Remember that time when I almost bought a bottle of Supernova. Yeah, and then yeah. I was a day too late. Uh, getting Galileo. No, sorry, it was Galileo. Yeah. yeah. I was a day too late getting to the bottle shop and someone had bought it the day before. <laughs> uh, that's oh, what you get for dithering. 
Yeah. So interestingly, though, Ted, forget about buying the $900 bottle. That's probably not going to happen. Would you take the dram, though, because you've never tried it? I would take the dram. Yeah. Because I've never tried it, I would 100% take the dram, which is, yeah, as I said, this is why I'm asking you this, because Mm. you've got a balanced opinion. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And when I've tried it, it's been at Ardbeg Distillery. It's been surrounded by... Like people that work at the story or people that are really enthusiastic about it going on a tour with me. And I always buy really nice tours. I just generally stay away from the, the cheap tours. Tip for you at Ardbeg, Ted. Yep. Um, do some really nice ones. So everyone else is an Ardbeg nerd there with me. And um, the alligator comes out and everyone's just like, ooh. Yeah. And um, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Ne- next time. Tour at two. That's what I could recommend at Ardbeg. Tour at two. Two. Although, like, in, in my hypothetical, I'd actually offer myself a stoter. Yeah, true. <laughs> Would you choose choose this whiskey over me? No, never. No. Even if you held a gun to my head. I'd do the thing like in Batman Forever, you know, where Robin's in one what? sort of a... I'm Batman. No, no, no. No, this, wrong Batman. Wrong, wrong Batman. No, wrong no, I'm Batman. talking about the golden days, the glorious 90s of Batman, mm. where the, the wonderful movies... Um, where Batman, where Batman um, had to move their whole body because they couldn't move their head. <laughs> Yeah, no, Batman Forever, which was the... Uh, is that uh, the one with Mr. Freeze? No, no, that's no. Batman and Robin. That one's... Yeah. As much as I, I'd like to be the guy that says that's the best Batman movie, I, I really can't because it's terrible. No, it's the one with um, Val Kilmer um, as Batman and uh, um, yeah, Tommy Val- Lee Jones as Two-Face and Jim Carrey as a Riddler and Nicole mm. Kidman as the girl and uh, Chris O'Donnell as, as Robin. Um, speaking of Robin and Nicole Kidman, they both get put in a slide of death two separate slides of death and Batman at the end this is just my memory from watching it as a kid I'm not sure this actually happened but this is what my memory says um, and he, and they get let go at the same time and Batman is forced to choose one of them to save and naturally he goes for the girl first but because he's Batman he managed to get her back to the top and then sneak down to Robin's slide and then get rescue him as well so if you and this bottle were in the slide I'd go and get you first but I'd go back for the whiskey I mean how are they dying off this? Uh, I, I mean, think there was some spikes at the bottom. All right, or something. I was gonna, I was gonna say, like, the, do it they was a cra- slide of death, Ted. Come do, on, do they crash into the giant foam pit of doom? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I on, don't onto, know. On, onto some really sharp wood chips. It's the Riddler. It's, it's, mm. a, it's, it's a mystery. But um, yes, no, I think that um, yeah, you're our number one, Ted. But this whiskey is a close second. I'm Waffle Man. <laughs> yeah, come and save me. It's the end, but there is still some whiskey in my glass. Well, that's good. Good news. This yeah. is a banana split. Ah, oh, the banana split, yes. Um, we, we, we bust out a heartwood when the mics were nah, off. Ah, it's not a banana split. It's a banana custard. Banana custard, interesting. Mm. Actually, I say the mics were off. They were actually on. Um, we're going to release a feints this week with our banter, with our heartwood and some um, some little sample casks that we've received. So, yeah. yeah. No, only only certain people get yeah. to hear that, though. Re- remind me how you can access the feints. Yeah, so the feints is our late night drunken ramble that we just leave the mics on. And then, because basically, Ted and I do talk a bit after a few drams. Um, crazy, I know. But um, yeah, um, we leave the mics running sometimes. Yeah, like the the whole podcast is completely unscripted, of course. Of course. But the faints is the extra unscripted bit. Yeah, I know. Like we have vague plans and directions that we like the conversation to go in um, for the other sections, whereas the faints is is what's left at the end. So yeah, it could be it could be interesting. I'll I'll listen back to it later. Well, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just stick it up. So so 
what do I have to do to get access to the fanes? Um, so we are on Patreon. So it's it's basically um, just last week we had to pay the bill for SoundCloud to make sure that we can actually have um, host our episodes online. So to, to try and cover some of those costs, we, we have a special core of wonderful official wafflers that, um, you know, donate anything from like a, a couple of bucks to um, a couple more um, a month that really help us out. Yeah, keeping the lights on. I would I would like to actually, at this point, speaking of Patreons, I would like to mention our friend Alex, who sent us a sample of the um, Beagle 10, mm. which last week, <laughs> when we were recording the first version of this... We talked about it, didn't we? we? We actually... That was the first whiskey that we kicked off with, and we are really excited about it, and it's lost to crackly history. So yeah. I'd just like to say, um, yeah, thanks, mate, for sending that one... Yeah, that was that was really good. And these patrons, they they get to actually, well, if you're at a certain tier, you can actually receive a dram with us. Our review whiskey every month. Yeah, that's that's absolutely Drink right. So our, you get an extra episode, and you get extra whiskey. Our um, drinking buddies this month will will be receiving a uh, sample of the Spirit Thief. Ted knows this for certain because he's already sent it. Yes, I have already sent it. It's the American Oak uh, Spirit Thief American Oak Tempranillo. Yeah, which is a very rare whiskey. Mm. It's a that yeah that one is actually a limited edition. So yeah, and um, if we get a few more patrons, we'd love to do a few more really rare whiskey reviews. Mm, actually, we're well, speaking Patreon. We're actually drinking a Patreon whiskey now. At least I am. Yeah. So this this one was uh sent into us sent sent into us by T Trout T Trout who's probably trying to destroy us but he's actually failed and just no sent he's trying us- to turn us onto bourbon oh yeah that's because right because it's a bourbon matured heartwood the only one and trust him to get it yeah it's a it's a big bourbon missile mm, yeah <laughs> banana shaped missile yeah <laughs> good times. Also, 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 um, check us out on social media. We are a bit patchy with it sometimes, admittedly, but we yeah. are on uh, Facebook, Instagram. Um, occasionally, we'll tweet into the void. And also, speaking of tweeting into the, <laughs> tweeting into the void, send us a carrier pigeon. We love receiving mm. them. They're yeah. delicious. Let, yeah, I know. Let us know what's going on because, yeah, yeah um, we love to we love to chat about whiskey banter. So um, you know, we'll throw yeah. it in in an episode somewhere if you give us a something to talk about. Anyway, I think this has been a pretty good time. Um, those Ardbegs were pretty, yeah, yeah. amazing to I'm, try against. I just want to know what people think. What is there a correct side of the fence? Is there an incorrect side, or can you enjoy both? Is there even a fence? Is there a fence? There, we're getting very existential. Well, no, the Matrix Four is coming out soon. Ah. There is no fence. Is that actually a real movie? Because I watched yeah, the trailer yeah. and it looks like like a spoof. I mean, it it. I suppose it's referencing back Neil, to the- Neil Patrick Harris is in it. It's got to be a spoof. Yeah, yeah. Is there a fence? I don't know. Tell us what you think about Ardbegs. If the perfect entry level is Ugadal, well, that's a perfectly acceptable answer to me. Mm, no, I think it's time we bid farewell to our brave waffling followers. Indeed. Thank you, everyone. You have been excellent. Your ears have been pricked most mightily. <laughs> yeah, by Ted's massive banana whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, on, on that note, we should definitely leave it alone. Um, thank you for listening, everyone. You've been great. Yeah, and keep on waffling. And good night.
Whiskey Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least, they would have if we actually had lawyers. I'm Waffle Man. <laughs> yeah, come and save me.